0: Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs. A committee does not like the TCU football team. This probably doesn't surprise you. We'll talk about it next. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is Locked on Horned Frogs. I'm Stephen Simcox. So TCU comes in at number seven in the first college football playoff rankings. This is the first set of rankings. It's fluid. They'll do this week to week. This goes on through the conference title game, as I'm sure many of you know. But they're sitting there at seven. They're right behind Alabama at six. Here is your rankings. Tennessee at one. Ohio State at two. Georgia at three. Clemson at four. Michigan five. Alabama six. TCU at seven. The only uh, two other Big 12 teams ranked at the moment, Kansas State at 13 and then Texas at 24. Frogs already played K-State and won that game at home a few weeks ago, Uh, have not played Texas yet. We'll play them in Austin, um, not this Saturday, but next Saturday after that Texas Tech game. So I don't want to get super worked up about these rankings yet. Uh, Now, I might fail. Tonight, like I might, I might as I'm talking about it, I might get worked up. And the reason I don't want to overreact too much yet is because this is the first one, but I already have a beef with the committee. I think TCU fans in general are probably sensitive to where the committee ranks them. Ultimately, I believe that TCU, if they handle their business and keep winning games, a lot of this will take care of itself because Tennessee and Georgia, well, you know, they're going to play each other. Michigan and Ohio State, they're going to play each other. Um, Alabama potentially will play Tennessee or Georgia in the SEC title game if they uh, win their next few games, which they're playing LSU. They're playing Old Miss. And, again, there seems to be a heavy SEC bias by the committee. They really like these SEC football teams. LSU sitting at number 10. And, man, like – LSU, under Brian Kelly, they've had a nice turnaround. But that's the same team that lost their season opener to Florida State. They've looked really bad at times, but they're sitting there at number 10 with two losses. Alabama uh, lost to Tennessee on the road. Great football game. Lost to the number one team in the country. So I understand not dropping them out of the top 10, You know, keeping them up there high. But TCU is undefeated. And the resume should mean something. My issue is I feel like the committee is already setting up a scenario where a one loss TCU team, even a one loss TCU team that wins the big 12 title could be left out in favor of an Alabama, a one loss Tennessee that doesn't make the conference title game because they lost to Georgia, potentially Clemson and Clemson's undefeated at the moment as well. And so I'm not going to make a huge deal about them being at number four, but they are at number four. And I saw this from uh, from Sam Con, who writes for the Athletic. He covers the Texas schools and college football. Because in the first CFP rankings, TCU is number seven, Clemson is number four. Both have a resume that's pretty similar. Clemson's FBS opponents, 30 and 26. TCU's FBS opponents, 30 and 26. Clemson has beaten four FBS teams that are over 500. TCU has also beaten four FBS teams that are over 500. Those resumes sound really similar. So what's the difference? Well, I mean, Clemson has uh, some more pedigree, right? Like Dabo Sweeney. He's done a really good job there. They've won a couple national titles. They're frequently in the college football playoff mix. So they just get the benefit of the doubt. Alabama drops a game to Tennessee. They get the benefit of the doubt. And so... Each week, the playoff committee trots out their chairman, um, who who gives reasons for these rankings. They ask him questions. He there's a back and forth. He gives reasons for these rankings. And this year, it's Boo Kerrigan. Here's the man right here. He is the athletic director at NC State. Now, let me tell you something. I I don't I wouldn't want this job. I think this is a pretty thankless job. I'm not a huge fan of the committee. And this is the guy that has to go out there and basically say, hey, this is why we ranked this team here and this team there. And inevitably, there's a lot of contradictions that come with that because there's so many different teams. And they're not playing each other in a lot of instances. And so people just pick apart and kind of throw tomatoes at them. Um, and so that's that's this guy this year. There's Boo Kerrigan for you. And he said, amongst other things, but this is what stood out to me, This is from Heather Dinich quoting him, and Heather Dinich covers the CFP for ESPN. She says, TCU having to come from behind was an issue in the room. Okay, so yeah, TCU having to come from behind, right? Didn't always control the football game. Had a uh, big deficit against Oklahoma State, came back and won. Big deficit against Kansas State, came back and won. Makes sense, except... Does Alabama not get dinged for having to come back and win a game against Texas early in the season against a backup quarterback in Hudson Card? And I know TCU's face their share of backup QBs. Does uh, Clemson not get dinged for having to come back and win against Syracuse a few weeks ago after benching their starting quarterback? Does Clemson not get dinged for not fully controlling the game against Wake Forest in winning in overtime. Does Alabama lose any points for getting taken to the wire by Texas A&M at home? Or is it just TCU? Because it feels like it's just TCU. I've talked about this team all year. I realize they have some flaws. Defense can be leaky at times. They're in year one of a new regime. The offense isn't always super efficient. But they score a lot of points. They pay, They played complimentary football for a lot of the year. And you know what? At the end of it, a lot of these games, they've won. Like, at the end of the day, they beat West Virginia by 10 points. They beat Kansas State by 10 points. They came back and beat Oklahoma State. Winning the games should mean something. And it just feels like everybody else, all these brand names, end up getting a second chance. They get a mulligan. And there's this pressure on TCU to win out. And you know what? And I'm not saying these things are going to happen. But if TCU trips up at home against Texas Tech on Saturday, if TCU goes to Austin and loses to a talented Texas team or loses to a Baylor team that seems like they might be catching their stride, if if they drop a game and they got kind of a tough three-game stretch here, Big 12 got to play everybody. It's a hard league to go undefeated and going undefeated is difficult. It's like the committee is acknowledging that and I can appreciate that they're saying it's it's hard to run the table. If even if you're Clemson, even if you're Alabama, even if you're Georgia or Tennessee, it's hard to run the table. But if you're TCU, you have to do it. It doesn't make sense. For I just I fear that the frogs will almost be automatically Kicked out of the mix if they lose a game. And that logic doesn't seem to apply to a lot of other teams in college football. I don't get it. It's, it's just like, oh, they lost. Well, they're fraudulent. No, maybe they just had a bad week and they haven't lost a game yet. That's all. That's the other thing. They haven't looked. There ain't no. They've won. They've continued to win and they're going to have to continue to win and hope that that's enough. But you know what? I, I just, have this sneaking suspicion that if you threw an OU logo on that helmet, or if you threw a Texas logo on that helmet and they were sitting at eight and no, and they had wins at home against Oklahoma state and Kansas state, they had a blowout win at home against Oklahoma. They went on the road to West Virginia and got a dub. I feel like those teams will be in the top five maybe even the top four, and that's why it's frustrating to me. It's like if we're just going to use the eye test, why play the games? And the argument that all these other schools are going to have, they'll say this, they'll just say, oh, well, you know, if TCU played Alabama this Saturday on a neutral field, come on, what would the line be? And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it might be Alabama getting 10 points. They might be 10-point favorites. Maybe Vegas has a little more respect for the Frogs where the money comes in on TCU and it creeps down to like seven and a half. But yeah, they'd probably be underdogs if they played Alabama today. I bet they'd be underdogs if they played Clemson. But, like they haven't. they played the teams they played. They've won the games. And their resume is strikingly similar, similar to these other teams. And it just feels like they're getting... They're not getting the respect that everyone else gets. Sam Kahn also said, for comparison's sake, number six, Alabama, seven and one. Their FBS opponents this year are 34 and 30. They're three and one against FBS teams over 500. TCU, eight and oh, FBS, FBS opponents are 30 and 26. So also four games over 500. Four and zero against FBS teams over 500. Yeah, TCU has some top 25 wins against Oklahoma and Kansas that don't look as good as they did at the time. But they won those games. They went on to win games against teams. Like, K-State looks pretty good right now. Not sure what's going to happen with Oklahoma State. Obviously, the Spencer Sanders injury is a huge factor in that. But they've beaten the teams in front of them. Why not let them play themselves out of the mix instead of forcing them to try to constantly prove themselves? I just don't get it. I feel like I got a little more worked up than I should have about this. I want to know your thoughts, so comment on YouTube. Some of you respond to me on Twitter. I'm at SimcoxSteven on Twitter. Uh, there it is. There's a handle at some guy Steven on Twitter. The show is at locked on TCU. I have a couple tweets up about um, the rankings on Tuesday night. If you want to interact with them that way, that's fun or that's fine. I'll I'll try to reply to you Um, and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Locked on Horn Frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can listen on your favorite podcast app. Uh, I want to talk Texas tech for a minute here in segment two. Before we do that, though, I do want to tell you about LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs. You know, LinkedIn, you know, that name. And that's one of the big advantages to using LinkedIn when it comes to hiring, because they are the, you know, the standard when it comes to finding jobs. They're what people use. It's really easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs. You can add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, and it makes it easier to focus on the candidates that you need to find for your small business. If you need to hire somebody, use LinkedIn. Talent acquisition, it's like recruiting. It's the biggest part of owning a business, finding people that you can trust, that can do the job well. It's why small businesses write LinkedIn jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to and they do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college. As always, terms and conditions do apply uh all right so texas tech right so let's get off the college football playoff train for a minute even though i'm sure we'll revisit that the rest of this week and in the weeks to come TCU plays texas tech this weekend. speaking on taking care of business speaking of taking care of business on the field they'll have to do that again to get to nine and zero. they have to beat the red raiders year one under head coach joe mcguire who came over from baylor they're four and four they're coming off a pretty rough loss to baylor i i was pretty i was shocked by what happened against BU. Because Tech's tough to play in Lubbock. It was a night game, Halloween weekend, Patrick Mahomes' retirement ceremony at halftime. I just thought they'd be riled up, the players would be ready to go, and it didn't happen that way. They got blown out by Baylor. Hung with them for the first half. As that game went on, the Bears separated. Week before that, they blew up West Virginia. So they've been kind of up and down this year. Beat Texas earlier this year. I lost a close game to NC State. They've hung with some good teams. Now, one interesting thing to me about Texas Tech is this QB shuffle they got going on. So, to start the year, Tyler Shook actually won this job. And if you remember that name and if you're like, man, I feel like I've heard that name forever. Well, he transferred in a few years ago from Oregon. And there was a time when Tyler Shook was, like, rumored to potentially be a future first-round draft pick in the NFL. It's never really worked for him, and mainly that's been because of the injury bug. He just hasn't been on the field, and so Shuck went down early in the season, and Donovan Smith came in, and it seemed. I don't really know. I, I'm I'm going to talk with Chris Level later this week, who does Locked On Texas Tech, and also works for the Red Raider Sports Radio Network. I haven't watched every Tech game, but I felt like when I watched the team, Donovan Smith was really electric. He was uh, had a 66 percent completion percentage. Fifteen hundred yards passing, twelve touchdowns, eight picks. So struggled to take care of the football, and he was also a threat running the football. Only ninety six yards on sixty eight carries, but he can get out of the pocket and make plays. But they turned it over to Baron Morton, true freshman QB. He's out of Eastland. He was a highly rated kid coming out of high school, and I mean he's been effective. Like he's completing fifty six percent of his passes, six touchdowns, six picks. Um. He struggled against Baylor, but he's had some good games this year, too. And it seems like he's going to be the starter. But in that Baylor game, they had Morton out there. He wasn't having his best night. They put Donovan Smith out there. At one point, they threw Tyler Shuck out there for a drive. All three of them turned the ball over. They were throwing picks and giving Baylor chances to score on offense. But I do wonder about this QB shuffling, kind of how it plays out. I think Morton's going to get the start Saturday. And I guess in some ways, TCU has had plenty of experience with uh, quarterback switching out in the middle of games because of the injury. But, you know, Will Howard came in and completely changed the dynamic of that football game in that K State contest. Same with Jason Bean at Kansas. And in both instances, They were expecting to face running QBs and they ended up facing guys that could throw. Now, I think the good news is all three of these players are somewhat similar. Now, Smith can beat you with his legs a little bit more um, than Morton and Shook can, even though Shook has some athleticism. I haven't really seen Morton run much, but they're trying to pass the football. I mean, that's what they're doing with Zach Kittley, who's the, if you know that name, he was offensive coordinator as a Houston Baptist. Um, he had Bailey Zappi, who's now with the Patriots, and then he went to Western Kentucky, and now he's in Lubbock. So they're trying to throw the ball. They're running a lot of plays. They go for it on almost every fourth down, and it's gonna be a test for this defense. Um, now if they can get off the field effectively and cause turnovers and get turnovers and downs, and I really like what TCU can do on offense because we know when they have a short field, they've excelled this season. But I'm uh. I'm just interested to see how this plays out. I think it's going to be a a tough test with if these QBs are kind of getting in and out of the lineup, which I don't hate that because I think that hurts tech in some ways. But can the TCU defense consistently adjust? Because in some ways they've been really good at that. Like coming out of halftime this year, they've been good at adjusting and making things happen. But on the fly with QB changes, they've struggled at times to kind of get their bearings about them. It's taking a couple of drives. So we'll see what that looks like. When Tech and TCU hit the field on Saturday, but yeah, big time game at Amon G. Carter. Gonna be 11 a.m. kickoff. Big, uh, the big noon Saturday crew will be there. So that's like the Fox alternative to College Game Day. They've staked their claim as the 11 a.m. window is their big game of the week. So national television this week and next week with Texas Tech and Texas, back to back. Good platform for the Frogs to try to show up and show out. That'll do it for Locked On Horn Frogs today. We'll be back on Thursday. Appreciate you listening. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your.